0: Our way through this wonderful letter to the church in Ephesus. We are in Ephesians chapter 5. We're looking at verses 15 to 17. If you would please follow in the reading of the Holy Word of God. Verse 15 Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Father, help us to understand what the will of the Lord is. But Lord, I pray that we will walk in wisdom, the wisdom of the ages. Help us to understand the urgency of the day. But Father, also help us to walk in a manner worthy. The Father, people will see the hope of our salvation in the joyous walk of the children of the Most High God. Thank you, my King, for this text. Thank you for the Apostle Paul and the fruit that he still bears. And Father, I pray that we will continue to seek your face. In Christ's precious, precious name, amen. We are looking at the walk of wisdom. There's a great importance in this because we started in chapter 4 and we looked at it in verse 1 that we are to walk worthy. Part of that walk is a walk of love. Okay. Part of that walk is a walk of light. And part of that walk is a walk of wisdom. And uh, I think there's times, we were discussing this in Sunday school, there are times that I've noticed, I don't know if it's easy believism or cheap grace, just fill in the blank however you want to use it, but it's there are too many people who take the name Christian, and there's no difference between them and the lost. And occasionally they'll show up, you know, the two high holy days, Easter and Christmas, or they may attend even a few other odds and ends, but there's no change in them. And, it, and it's mind boggling to me because I talk to pastors here in town and, and places that I travel and it's, you know, why is salvation not seen? And and, it, and it, it troubles me because the two I look at is Peter and Paul. And you know, I left out John and Mary, but Peter and Paul work. And there's no doubt in your mind that something happened to them men. I mean, he denies the Lord three times. And then after Pentecost, goes into the temple and says, You guys murdered Messiah. Now that's a change. If I look at Paul, he's going to Damascus to arrest Christians. He heartily agreed and held the coats as they stoned Stephen. And he comes back from Damascus. The Christians are kind of afraid of him. And the Jews hate him. But there was a change. And yet for some reason today... There don't have to be a change. So let me give you this to think about. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 14. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. Power is mine. And yet, I wonder. I, years ago, we were looking at spiritual gifts and I showed you that there was a spiritual gift of knowledge, but there was a spiritual gift of wisdom. They are separate, all right? Knowledge is amazing. And I know people that are dear, precious friends of mine who have that gift. And there's times that it it hurts your brains to sit and talk to them, okay? But what I've learned is they sometimes lack wisdom. How do I make that knowledge work? A uh, dear friend of mine who's in glory used the phrase, flesh it out so that your body is taking the knowledge. R.C. Sproul said at one time, the hardest 18 inches in the world is between your brain and your heart. And, and, and I see this a lot. We looked at this and I want to get back. We're going to deal with 15 again, verse 15, but I want to deal with some of this again because I, I, just can't get off of it. And I need to reiterate this in Second Peter chapter one, verses five through 10. Now, for this very reason, what very reason? Having escaped the corruption that is the world by lust. So for this very reason, apply with all diligence in your faith. All right? What? Moral excellence. Moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. For if these are qualities in yours and are increasing, you are rendered neither useless or unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have a dear friend of mine who was a member of a motorcycle club? You've probably heard of him, the Hell's Angels. And it's a long story, but we knew each other. We'd become pretty good friends. He came in and out of church and kind of did one of these things and would walk out. And I remember we sat down a couple of times. One uh, one Thanksgiving, uh, my wife had to work, and him and his wife asked me if I wanted to come over for Thanksgiving. And I thought, yeah, let's give me, yeah. I'm going to go loaded for bear. You betcha. So I I went in and we sat and talked. and, And you've heard me use the expression, tell me five things about Jesus. And he did whatever it was he said. And I said, here's the difference, Joe. Your Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. He sounds like a really cool guy. But he isn't this one and it was that was the instant that the poof the light came on okay the true knowledge of jesus christ i mean i've heard some really cool descriptions of jesus and he'd be a fun guy to hang out with but he can't redeem your soul yes joe did um come to the real jesus and is doing amazing works where he is right now titus chapter 3 verse 3 for we also once were foolish ourselves do i get an amen out of that yes. <laughs> i had a phd in foolish anyway disobedient deceived enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice, envy, hateful, hating one another. But the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, and He saved us. See, we were foolish. People don't understand. Now, don't run out of here and run all of your lost friends and say, you know, you're foolish Okay, because they, they just don't work. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were looking that they are darkness. And I tried to warn everybody, don't run around and tell everybody, say, you know, you're darkness. You're not in darkness. You are darkness. You contribute. No. But but that's it. That's That's the thing that you and I are up against. When we're dealing with people, they're dark. Okay? And they're foolish. And I i don't care what their degrees are. I don't care what their position in society is. I don't care what they look. I don't care. They are foolish if they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and have an intimate relationship with Him. And yet, in 2 Samuel chapter 24, David was thinking he is pretty much the bee's knees. Okay, he had kind of gotten it all figured out. So he decided he would number the people, take a census, so he could see how big he could be in, how big an army he could put together, so you know what I can continue to go out here and take names. But God nailed him with a great conviction. And it's described there in and and in, in Samuel, his conviction was like hot oil. His heart was smote. And his cry to God was, I have done very foolishly. See, we've kind of lost some of that. First Samuel, verse 26, chapter 26, I'm sorry, verse 21. Okay, this is King Saul, first king of Israel. He's hanging out with David, or David's hanging out with him. And Saul said, I have sinned. This is when he was trying to get rid of David as possible heir. Return, my son David, for I will not harm you again, because my life is precious in your sight this day. Behold, I have played the fool and have committed serious error. He cried out that he had played the fool. Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 32, speaking of Israel, who decided that they would make them a few idols. So, everybody, bring in your earrings and baubles and we'll make some of it. And he cries out, Oh, foolish people and unwise. And you know what? Here we are in 2020. And there are so many people today who are playing the fool. Okay? Now then, I'm going to wrap up verse 15 this morning. Of course, I was going to wrap it up last week. and I think I was going to wrap it up the week before. I plan on wrapping it up today. One of the ways to illustrate foolishness okay how do I play the fool okay I'm a believer in Jesus Christ how do I play the fool remember on the road to Emmaus there were two guys and they were complaining the Lord is dead all right Jesus remember he shows up and they don't recognize him what's his first words to him Oh fools, why are you so slow of heart to believe? We had that discussion this morning with a lady here in the church many, many years. Why were you so slow to believe? We hear it. We go, Amen. We, How many, now I want you to think about this, because I've just been perplexing over this for a few weeks. How many don't take God at His Word? What does the Bible say? And do we believe it? There's three things that I learned in studying of Scriptures. Uh, One is, what does the Bible say? Two, what does the Bible mean? Three, how does it apply to my life? So whenever I'm studying Scripture, what does it say? What does it mean? I don't want you to tell me what you think it means. I want to know what it means. And how does that apply to my life? Okay. So the first way to act the fool is not to believe. I don't take God at His word. You know, and people say, well, I believe it. And you know, I hear a lot of people tell me that. And I praise God for it. But you know what I also find? Those same people debate it. That's what I mean. Let me tell you what I think it means. No, it says what it means. And if not, spend a little time, cross-reference it, see how it applies to other parts of the Bible, and you'll find out that he's not hiding anything from you. But if you're lazy... You say, well, this is what it says, but I think this is what it means. Well, now you ought to go into politics. Because that's what politicians do. They say something, and they get somebody to go over there and tell you what they said. That is not the way this book was written. This book says what it means. Our problem is to, how do I apply it? Okay, the second thing that we can do to act the fool... Because I know nobody wants to line up in that line, right? Okay. (laughs) In the book of Galatians, chapter 3. You've heard this verse, but I think that sometimes we forget it. Chapter 3, verse 1. Foolish Galatians. Remember that one? We've all heard that. Who's bewitched you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Okay? This only thing I want to know, find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works? By works of the law? Or by hearing by faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected You don't believe it? Then you will disobey it. Why would you not believe truth? I mean, Paul, to use Terry's vernacular, who messed you up? You started off well. Then you got off into this work stuff. But you will perfect it. When you do that, you're playing the fool. So the two things so far is disbelief, okay, and then disobedience. Okay, another thing that uh, messes with us, I will call it the desire for wrong things. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. All right? Verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You know what to call that? The things of the world. It's the things of the world. How many times do the things of the world distract us And I mean, it may only distract me for a second. And this was over here for a second. And I'm back. Sometimes it becomes this obsession. And you can't say, well, it doesn't seem like it's a sin. You know, I hear this. You ever heard this? If I win a lottery, I'll give most of it to charity. No, you won't. It's nice. I'm glad you think you would. But you won't. It's just the way we are. And if you desire money, you will fall into foolish and hurtful lusts. And it will pierce you. And he makes that statement there that says, wandered away from the faith. So at one point, they were involved. But because of money... They have wandered off. They have wandered off. Listen, it isn't that rich people can't be saved. Okay, I have known some people in my life who were very wealthy, but you'd have never knew it. Never knew it. Okay? And they use their money for the glory of God in all kinds of bizarre ways. But if it becomes an obsession, this money... Then you will wander away. You know, one of the things about money, especially in the United States, okay, when you have a lot of money, how dependent on God are you? See what I mean? Why? Well, I'm, you know, I worship because I've had people come and tell me, says, well, this is what I would like to do for God. And I said, well, how do you know he wants you to do that? We'll put it this way: What he's trying to sell him, this is all I'm going to do for God, and and that, that's that's crazy stuff. And and I I try to say this in a way that you hear it, because we are in the wealthiest country that humanity has ever seen in the history of man. We may have topped out Solomon. But my problem is if we've got so much money, why is the church so feeble in this country? And I can tell you why. I know what we're dependent on. When we desire the wrong things, we will play the fool. In James... James is a wonderful book. I'm thinking I should go preach that, but it's kind of rough. Chapter 3 13 to 17. 3:13 to 17. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds. In the gentleness of wisdom. But. If you have bitter jealousy. And selfish ambition. In your heart. Do not be arrogant. And so lie against the truth. This wisdom. Is not that which comes down. From above. But is the earthly. Natural. Natural. Demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. James is telling you that the fourth thing is doing the wrong things. You have disbelief, disobedience, desire for the wrong things, and then doing the wrong things. Who among you is wise and has understanding? It should be seen. Remember what I said? Your salvation should be seen. We do not walk as the unwise. We walk as the wise. We walk in the wisdom of he who spoke existence into being. That is the wisdom that we have access to. We should walk in that. When you are walking in that, you will not be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Because you have that there. That knowledge has transferred into wisdom, which means that that information that I've taken in now controls the way I move, way I act, way I respond. If there, you know, the one that kind of freaks me out is if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambitions in your heart. Hmm. Do not be arrogant. As to lie against truth. This wisdom is not that which comes from above. It is earthly, natural, and demonic. Anybody here ever had a small bout of jealousy? You know where it came from? How about selfish ambition? you know what I mean? We were discussing that earlier. The whole world lies in the lap of who? Well, that would be on the demonic side, wouldn't it? If you go look, turn on the evening news. Well, you can turn on the news all the time now. But used to be in the evening news. Turn it on and you will see what? Arrogance, selfish ambition, and bitter jealousy. And it comes from natural man had a discussion with a young man who's sold on uh, democratic socialism. And he gave me this stuff that I have heard over and over and over and over again. And I tried to express to him that, uh, 14, I think it was 14 or 16 years ago, there was one of the wealthiest countries in South America has great resources of natural resources And they decided they wanted to be democratic socialists. That's a communist dictatorship. Didn't take long. And he explained to me that, well, you got to have the right people, da-da-da-da. Yeah, whatever. And I said, here's your flaw. You believe that man is inherently good. So if I can get the inherently good guys, we can get this thing done. Well, that's tough when the lap of the world lays in whose lap. See what I mean? And he's the father of what? Lies. Okay? And his sources only stir up arrogance. They are against truth. They are jealous. They are selfish ambition. There is disorder and every evil thing. Gosh, how easy is that to illustrate today? But the wisdom of above. Okay, this is the wisdom that you and I need to take the mirror. Okay, here I stand. How do I line up with this? Wisdom from above is pure. You know what that means, right? Undefiled. It's pure. There's no uh, alternative motive. Okay? Peaceable. Peaceable. It's gentle. It's reasonable. I remember telling people, uh, different people, you guys that know me, you know I have a a bizarre lifestyle in and out of weird places. And they, these guys will ask me, and there's some women, they will ask me, well, how's come if you're a preacher, you're not trying to get me saved? And I said, I can't save anybody. And then you'll hear these, uh, well, you know, I'm homosexual, right? And I was like, well, fine. And they said, well, that's, you're going to tell me that's going to send me to hell. And I said, nope, that ain't going to send you to hell. And they go, what? And I said, well, how do you go to hell? Not believing in Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. He crucified and died. Well, I believe that. Then you wouldn't be a homosexual <laughs> if you believe that. See what I'm trying to get at? That's peaceable. I ain't going to pick a fight with you. You know, I can also look at him. I said, I've read Plato. You've ever heard Plato? And he said, yeah. He says, You know what he said about homosexuals? Oh yeah, he was a great philosopher. He said, it wasn't natural. <laughs> so, go, go with Plato. <laughs> but it's peaceable. It's gentle. It's gentle. I have an aunt. God bless her. She's in the, back in Ohio. She sent me a thing. She says, I did some research on your name. And of course, you immediately think, ball, right? You know, that's... And she said, no, it was Terry. I was like, oh, okay. And I said, but well, what was it? She says, Do you know it means tender hearted? I was like, you know, I don't think I've ever been accused of that. And I said, You know my middle name is James, right? You know what that means? Thunder. <laughs> so I'm tender hearted thunder. But she went on with this big dissertation about my name. And, you know, there's a part of me that says, you know, when God came into my life, I can see some of that has changed. A lot of it. But that's gentleness. When you start realizing that you're not going to kick people kicking and screaming into the pearly gates, when you realize you can't put them in a headlock and drag them in, when you realize that you have no ability to change anybody into anything, then you will be gentle. You know why it is your biggest effect? How gentle was God with your stiff neck? And you'll be the same way. But you'll be reasonable. You'll be reasonable, full of mercy. But then there is the good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. All right, you know what he's trying to tell you there in the book of James? Godly wisdom is seen. I mean, I can turn on any news station or even a sports channel and see some of the 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 silliness that is there and. I can see man's wisdom. I can see natural wisdom. So there is disbelief, disobedience, desire for the wrong things, doing the wrong things. Who is a wise man? He is the one who will look at it and say, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, verse 13, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such place spend a year there and engage in business, yet you do not know that your life is like a vapor. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. It is seen in His life. Again, it is seen. People in this day and age who have mercy is' seen people in this day and age who have a life that is not hypocritic. you know uh, the Greek term that you get hypocrisy hypocrite out of Hippocrates it literally means you ever seen them uh, in TV shows and things where they have the mask. And you hold the mask up and then you turn it around the other side it's got a sad face. You turn it this way and it's a smiley face. That's what the term means. Hippocrates. What you see is a mask. You don't see the real thing. That's Hippocrates. Again, it is seen. A fool disbelieves, disobeys, desires wrongly and does the wrong things. There are so many Christians who fall for this today. They don't take God at His word. They disobey. If you don't take God at His word, the only outcome is to disobey. They desire the things of the world. That becomes their passion. And their lives don't manifest wisdom. And they play the Fool. You are a child of the king. You have a throne. And you want to be the court jester. Be the court fool. Paul is lovingly telling us here in Ephesians 5, that makes no sense. Why would Christians live as blind, ignorant, foolish people? Ever wonder, Dan? Jesus warned us of it in his gospel several different times. In John seven verse seventeen, if anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory but he who is seeking of the glory of the one who sent him he is true and there is no unrighteousness in him what he's saying is if you desire god's will you'll never doubt it Did you hear what i said if you desire God's will you will never doubt it and you may say wait I'm a new Christian listen new Christian love you to pieces you are dwelt by the person of the Holy Spirit who is making Jesus Christ in you comfortable that you will know the love that surpasses understanding and understand the fullness of God who will do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you can think or imagine. So, new Christian, if you really want to know God's will, you will never be in doubt. One of my favorite books. One of my favorite books. If I had to pick a book out of all of the Bible... I don't know to have one book, I would take this book. Romans, in Romans chapter 16, at verse 19, he says, For the report of your obedience has reached to all. Therefore, I am rejoicing over you. But, always pay attention to those. I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. The word there is asopheia. Remember what sophia is? Wisdom. You know what asopheia is? Puts a negative on it. Foolish. I want you to be wise in what is good and foolish and what is evil. If you must be a fool, be a fool about evil. Listen, evil is not a good study. Okay? Just in case you were wondering. Don't become an expert on that. We are to walk in wisdom. Remember, walking worthy is the call. Many are not used in the kingdom of God for the furtherance of the kingdom of God, for the glory of God. They're not used because they act the fool. It is amazing how devoted we are in our human society. I was thinking about this. To the stuff that we think is important you know i uh I remember uh one of my trips in in Russia. I was meeting in the glasgow a, a village uh, that is really suffering because the fall of socialism and it was weird because they had been in freedom since the nineties, and I think I was there in two thousand ninety nine I think I was there and I remember talking to this babuska, grandmother, and she was suffering. And I mean, the church was basically supporting her. And I think she got a a pension from her husband of about $45 a month. And the church, she had already lost her house, and the church had put her up in, in the basement and at night, she would sleep in the basement. Of course, they had a little kitchen thing that they could cook in so she could take care of it. And then what she did was clean the church. And, you know, they, the church in Russia is completely different here. There's church people doing things every day, all day long. They never stop. And I mean, you have the Wednesday night and the Sunday night and the Sunday, maybe some Saturday stuff, but they, they don't, they don't ever stop. And so she had a pretty steady job, I imagine. Okay, and I remember sitting and talking to her, asking her about her husband, and she's sad because he died an unbeliever, and and all the rest of it. And I was, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. And she says, "But you know, there are times that I wish Father Stalin was back, because Father Stalin gave us everything. wasn't a lot. We didn't get a lot." but everything was given to you. I mean, everybody got a job. Everybody got food. Everybody had a house. Everybody had natural gas. Everybody, And I kept thinking, how is it that you... Because she was under the Soviets. How is it that you could be under such an oppressive... But that is the human society devotion to things that we think are important. The psalmist tells me that if you walk in my counsel. You will never hunger or thirst. Now, you may not be living on prime rib and the finest wine, but you're not going to go hungry and you're not going to thirst. The devotion to cults, to false religions. How do you convince 19 guys to jump in an airplane and fly them into buildings and ground and things like that? You know what that is? It's devotion. But again, the counsel comes from where? Natural man and demonic. All the false religions that are out there are demonic. But you know what's bizarre to me? They're devoted. The followers are devoted. And we have already been told we need to walk carefully, exactly, why? Because there's all kinds of people who want us to be devoted to something that is false. See, one of the things that is amazing, and you know, I, I shared with you, when you're trying to share the love of Christ with lost people, okay, they're dark, okay, we got that, and they're foolish, okay, we got, we got that. Please understand this, they are devoted to it. And that's kind of hard for us to swallow. But then, as a pastor, as a shepherd, you ask yourself, God, how many people are devoted? I don't know. It's like I heard the other day. It is not my responsibility to tell people they are saved. It is my responsibility to tell people how to be saved. See how we've changed it? We think we're supposed to tell people they are saved. But I can tell you this. Salvation is seen. It is seen. Um, It is so easy. Very quickly. You spend a very minimal amount of time with the person. You will see the priority of their life. I'm not saying that to hurt anybody. I'm just telling you. It is not difficult to spot the priority of people's lives. You know why? They tell you. And they can usually tell you pretty quick. The wise Christian knows what pleases God. See, the wise Christian watches for the deceiver's traps. You know, I've told people there for a long time, everybody, about every other week, these Christian people would publish these books, and they'd sell like a gazillion copies. And so, you know, as to be responsible and everything, I would take these books, some of these books, and I would read them up until the point that they were heresy. Okay, now, what I mean by heresy, that is not biblical. Okay, and a lot of the books that you've heard, if I named them, you would know them. But you can go through and I would read them and I'd stop right there. I don't need to read any more. Okay, why? Because I watch for the traps. So by doing that, when my people would say, well, have you read such and such? I said, yeah, but right here when he or she says this, it's not biblical. Not only is it not biblical, it's a lie. So tell me, what's the influence of that book? Oh, I never thought of that. Okay, so wise Christians watch for deceivers because they lay traps. A wise Christian resists the devil and his temptations. You know why? He flees. If you resist the devil... He just doesn't have no patience and goes. And a wise Christian is cautious about their behavior. okay? That's how we know and avoid being a fool. That one does not walk as a fool, a Sophia, the fool, but walks as Sophia wise Hebrew mentality it is seen that wisdom is seen living by God's principles okay so the principles of a believer are God ordained this is said here please understand they are for our protection but we also have to understand verse 16 says making the most of your time because the days are evil. All right? And we will redeem the time, but we will begin that study next Lord's Day. All right? I will tell you the trap that is out there. It is not more evil now than it ever has been. Okay? We believe that because we've bought the lie. Eli says, well, it was pretty good. If we could go back to the 50s, like leave it to Beaver, it'd be awesome. Go back and read some of the stuff that's going on in the 50s. Okay? Just check it out. am just telling you. All right? So next week, we've looked at the principles of the believer, but we want to need to look at the limits of the believer because we need, oh, so desperately, brothers and sisters, to walk in wisdom. Walk exactly, narrowly so that we're not tossed to and fro. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Uh, You saved us from darkness. You saved us from foolishness. And Father, now you've empowered us to be more than overcomers. So Father, let each of us press on to the upward calling of Jesus Christ. Father, let us stand in the grace that is Christ. Father, let us be overwhelmed with the joy of our salvation. That other people would long for what we possess. Father, let us be practicers of our positions. Let us be possessors of our profession. Father, let us. Oh, I beg you, Father. Let each of us walk worthy of this amazing calling. I beg you, in Christ's name, amen.